I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome, Vicki. You have a special guest for us today? I do. We are very lucky today to have with us Dr. Judy Chrisman Yates, who is a criminologist, and she specializes in financial exploitation. She is actually retired from federal service, and she now volunteers assisting victims in law enforcement, providing resources and being an educator on the topics of privacy and financial crime. So we may want to have her back. Judy has a master's and bachelor's degree in criminal justice and a doctorate in public administration. And for more than 10 years, she's been a member of the Ventura Financial Abuse Special Team and also a volunteer consultant with the Port Wainimi Police Department. And I got to know Judy because she's an active member of our Santa Barbara Central Coast Scams Against Older and Vulnerable Adults Working Group. And she does provide us with a newsletter for our meetings. And she happened to do a newsletter on financial exploitation, a complete beginner's guide to Bitcoin. Judy, first of all, welcome. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you. Thank you very much, and thank you for the opportunity to be here. I grabbed Judy, and I said, I don't know anything about Bitcoin. I suspect other seniors are in the same boat as I am, but we hear about it. And I asked her if she would just come on our show and tell us a little bit about Bitcoin in a very simplified fashion, if you can. So, Judy, welcome again. And um, what can you tell us about Bitcoin? What is Bitcoin? Okay, well, thank you once again for the opportunity to be here. This is a complex subject. However, what I found is a lot of the terms have been given different definitions. So what I'm going to do is try to sort those things out. So um, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency is a digital currency. It is not something that you can hold in your hand. There are no actual coins And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But it is a, think of it as math. It's a brilliant math um, that was developed, started in 1991. um, A timestamp was developed. And once again, that was software. And then about 20 years later, uh, Bitcoin slash uh, blockchain was developed. And... um, what it has going for it is it's um, supposed to be irreversible. It is um, the transactions cannot be connected to the real world. It's flat, fast, it's global, secure, and permissionless. And what it is is it's getting the middleman out of uh, this world of currency. So there are no, no banks, uh, no financial institutions. It's one-to-one. It's a peer-to-peer. But... To get back to simplifying it, what I want to talk about is the fact that Bitcoin is only one of more than 2,000 cryptocurrencies. So they're being developed every single day. Wow. um, But Bitcoin was the first. Okay. And once, like I said, it's built on, it's it's built on math. So we have um, the view that um, coins that we hold in our hand that you can yes. hear if you drop them. 
That is not the case. This is all totally digital. But it gets complex because you can go online and you can look up images of what a Bitcoin looks like. So back in the early 2000s, someone actually, after Bitcoin came out, the technology came out, someone actually designed a coin, digitized it, and well, they, mm. so they made a digital coin. The federal government uh, came in and said, absolutely not. You cannot issue coins. We are the only ones that can issue legal tender. So those coins then became nothing more than memorabilia. And so if someone tries to sell you a physical Bitcoin or any other type of coins that are not U.S. currency, then that would be a scam. I know that people buy and sell things using Bitcoins. Is that correct? Yes, they do. And okay. so they're, part of the scams uh, come from buying and selling Bitcoin. Well, say, let and, me, before we, we talk about scams, let me ask you this. Is there a legitimate use of Bitcoins? There, there is. I mean, okay. the, the technology is out there and um, it's not going to go away. I mean, it's really quite brilliant the way they've developed it. But the problem is, okay, so when it comes to cryptocurrency, first of all, crypto means that it is uh, encrypted, all right? And it's internet-based, and um, it also has, uh, it's not controlled by any central authority. Okay. And there are, pu there are public keys that are used. And, it, and it's really important to realize this is all digital. This is not something that you feel. It's not something you hold in your hand. You don't put it when they talk about a wallet. They're talking about a digital wallet, not your own wallet. You can't put it in your safe. Let's say I go online and I want to buy something. I want to buy a watch. And it's for sale by Bitcoin. How does that work? Well, I think probably what I'd like to do is go with a victim that I just okay. recently had. I have a gentleman that became a victim of a romance scam. All right. And in, in the process, supposedly the fiancé, uh, the lawyer contacted my victim and said, um, we, we need $5,000 so we can do paperwork so that we can get things set up so that you two can get married. Okay. And um, they sent him to a Bitcoin machine. There are several Bitcoin machines in Ventura. There are a couple here in Santa Barbara. And um, they sent him to the um, Bitcoin teller machine, a, uh, the ATM, and, uh, or in this case, the BTM, Bitcoin teller machine. And it looks similar to an ATM, but the Bitcoin machine is not connected to any bank. It's connected to a Bitcoin uh, exchange. And once again, there is nothing backing uh, that money. So it could be worth 20000 today. It could be for one coin. It could be worth 10000 today. And if you look at the market, you will see um, how it fluctuates. And it's really based on how many people are in there buying it. Once again, think of it as memorabilia. You get what you can. Today it might be worth 19000 and tomorrow it might be worth 10000 and um, if you have somebody that, you know, sells these coins, I'm sure that they can give you a much more specific um, sales pitch. But that's something that you need to be aware of. So it is not illegal in America to make a bad decision. 
investing in cryptocurrency is very speculative. I would never do it. It makes no sense to me. And you should not invest in something that you don't really understand and that you know what is, is behind it so that you can get your money out. Right now, what is happening is the, the latest people that are buying into cryptocurrency, and like I said, there are over 2,000 cryptocurrencies out there. As a matter of fact, Vicki, you and I could create one this afternoon okay. and see <laughs> if we could get uh, Patty to um, perhaps buy it for a dollar a coin. We would call it a dollar a coin. And then Patty would take it to her family and say, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm going to sell it to you for $10 a coin. That's so how they're making the, the money. So it's really an so, investment opportunity. It's not something that people use to do transactions from what I'm hearing you say. No, actually it is. So back to my victim. Okay. So my victim gets um, uh, the scammer, contacts the victim, my victim, and sends a barcode mm-hmm. all right, on, on a text okay. and tells him to go to a certain machine located, um, in this case, in Ventura. Okay. And um, the, the victim goes in and um, it's touch. So it says, enter your email address, and in this particular case, enter your phone number. It didn't ask for any other ID. It all depends on the machine. And at that point, he started feeding $100 bills into that machine to the tune of $5,000. Okay. Once he did that, there was no way, there is no way that we can go and get that money back, that law enforcement can go and get that money back. It, he actually willingly sent it to somebody who sent them the barcode, which happened to be the address where that money was going. So once that happens, the money is gone. It's, there is not any way for law enforcement to track that. Scammers, instead of using Western Union, they are now asking victims to do Bitcoin or one of the other cryptocurrencies because once that money is transferred, it's gone. I was on a website the other day, and I wish I would have noted which one it was. They were selling vitamins, I believe, and they were trying to encourage me, although I didn't make the purchase, to make that purchase through Bitcoin. But I don't even have a Bitcoin account set up, so that was beyond me. So I really see that it's expanding greatly, and I guess that opens up to all kinds of fraud that could potentially happen. Exactly, because once again, there is no standard for what the value of that coin happens to be. For example, with my victim, once he put the, the, the money in to the machine, then all he received was a receipt. And it said how much money was put in and has an address. The, the address is just a long number. It is uh, numbers and letters, and it's a long string. That's all he has to show for it. That's really, you know, that's definitely a problem. Would you want to put your money someplace and you don't know where it is. Once people buy Bitcoins, where are you going to store it? Because once again, it's technology. So you don't want to store it on the internet. You have what are called wallets, but they're digital wallets. The Federal Trade Commission let us know that cryptocurrency is being used for blackmail scams. People are getting texts and emails saying there is information available on the web about sexual type activity and they're saying basically it's a blackmail scheme and they're saying to send bitcoins to pay off 
this. And the reason they're using bitcoins is because it cannot be tracked. Um, additional schemes are the online chain referral. That looks very much like a chain letter. And they're saying, well, if you send $1,000 to 10 people, you're going to get all this money back and you're going to make more money, just like paper yeah. chain letters. And um, also bogus investment opportunities. The fake initial coin offerings, those are called ICOs. Overnight exchanges, they come and go. They take your money. You don't even know what happened. Pyramid schemes, we talked a little bit about that. Fraudulent wallet, you get an app online that says it is a digital wallet that you can keep your Bitcoins and other digital currency. And the fact is they're not. It just goes straight to a scammer's pocket. I got one of those blackmailing type emails saying that they'd caught me doing something nefarious and they had access to my address book and my phone and they were going to send pictures out to all my friends and family members and blah, blah, blah. The funniest thing was they sent it to my work address, to my work address. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, perfect. 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 I was supposed to, to stop this blackmail scheme to pay them by Bitcoin. And then they had a whole page of instructions about how I was supposed to do that. Now, even assuming I had done something that they could blackmail me for, which I hadn't, <laughs> I would not have been able to figure out how to use the Bitcoin method to pay them. I had no idea what they were talking about. But from what you're telling me about your example with your victim, you actually go to a Bitcoin machine and you feed it real money. Yes. They somehow convert it to Bitcoin, which can't be traced. Exactly. So okay. you can use a debit card on some of these machines and you can use cash. You cannot use a credit card. So only debit or cash. You just stand there and this gentleman fed this machine. It takes bills. The one that I saw takes bills starting with $20 bills up to $100 bills. And there is a $5,000 limit per transaction for Bitcoin, which is really interesting. And if you remember the, the Western Union, there was a $5,000 limit on that as well per oh, transaction. I I have a gentleman, an older gentleman, who is standing at a, in this case, in a gas station and at a Bitcoin machine with $5,000 cash. And wow. he is feeding it into this machine. And asked the clerk and said, oh, I see you have a Bitcoin machine. Um, do many people use it? And she said, yes, night and day. Wow. It's always busy. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, has anybody ever complained? And she said, no, not at all. It is not up to the clerk in the gas station or wherever that Bitcoin machine or other cryptocurrency machine happens to be to do any checking. Now, on the machine, there was a warning that came up that mentioned a couple of different types of crimes. And this it did not say romance scam, but it said beware of scammers. So they have a notice up there. But it's kind of scary to think, like you say, here's this older gentleman with all this cash feeding it into a machine. I mean, mm -hmm. what's to stop somebody from coming up to him, seeing what's going on, grabbing his wallet and running away? And he probably doesn't have the wherewithal to chase them down. And all of a sudden, he's been robbed. Well, that's always a concern to me that when people are carrying around too much cash. Yeah. Because, you know, if you open your wallet and they see that, or in this case, the gentleman happened to be you know, inside. And it was a, it was very nice inside. It felt okay. perfectly safe. It was a larger gas station inside. They said that people use this machine day and night. 
I'm assuming not everybody who uses it is using it pursuant to some scam or some nefarious activity they've gotten roped into. Why would somebody else use that machine? Bitcoin, you can legally purchase bitcoins. You put your money into that machine. We don't know where it's going, but we do know that scammers are using it to victimize people instead of fostering women and, and MoneyGram. So some people might be putting money into that machine to purchase Bitcoin, which they hope will then increase in value. Would that Correct. be the reason they're doing it? Okay. Or you so can that use was- it, Vicky, kind of like a debit machine. You know, so my son happens to like to purchase Bitcoin, so he can go there and draw out money should he wish to. How does he draw out money using... I've never watched him. I should do that sometime so I could learn more. But I know we have one in the area, and he will go and get money out of Bitcoin. Oh. Well, so I want you to think about it like a stock. And so you buy and sell stocks. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to guess that what he does is, you know, when he sees that he can make money or whatever that it's more than what he bought the Bitcoins for or the other cryptocurrency, he goes in and buys or sells. So the the machine itself is legitimate. You mentioned thousands of different cryptocurrencies. Is it only Bitcoin that at this point has the machines like that, like Ethereum and some of the other bigger ones? Can you do interactions that way as well? It appears that you can uh, select which cryptocurrency, depending on what the machine happens to be. Or actually, you don't even have to go there. You can do it online. Cryptocurrency is held by different exchanges. And I believe there are about 50 different exchanges in the world that, once again, think of it as a stock. Somebody has a process that you can buy and sell from that that exchange. And um, so, but you don't have to go to a machine. You can do it right online from your own home so confusing. Maybe it's because I was never good at math that I well, can't really even I was wondering the same thing about myself, Vicki, but while it is complicated, I think you have helped us very much to have the most simplified explanation possible. I am wondering, since even the federal government can't track these types of transactions, is there some problem? Is there something that they might do in the future to try to regulate it? Well, I think there's always that thought. I honestly think that cryptocurrency is here to stay, but I don't know. You know, if you think about credit cards, when those came out, there were the naysayers. Oh, this will never work and we will never do this. So things change, whether we like it or not. Gosh darn it. (laughs) And, And so, you know, we're just sort of caught in all of this and it is overwhelming And the fact that they are using the same terms with different definitions is making it especially complex. You know, if it was ever backed by anything that I thought was legitimate, um, you know, I might be interested in doing that. But at this point, I don't understand it. That's the bottom line. I've been told that you have to hang on to it a long time because, as you said, it is a very up-and-down market. Recently, Bitcoin went way up. It's a speculative investment for sure. Well, and I also do want to say that there is a um, report out on cryptocurrency anti-money laundering. It's a 2019 report, and it states that over $4 billion, as in B, dollars have, has been stolen in the oh. cryptocurrency world mm-hmm. because 
not only are you vulnerable to what the price happens to be at on any given moment when you try to sell it, but there are ways that people can steal it. It's technology. Blockchain, what does that mean? Blockchain is the foundation to all of this. It is brilliant math. Blockchain is used not only for cryptocurrency. Uh, there are so many things out there. So blockchain was initially built from the 1991 version of timestamps. And timestamps, as you know, you can't go back and get a minute or a second or any time back. Blockchain is literally a chain of transactions. You can actually go on YouTube or you can go on TED Talks. Check out some of those um, short videos. But it is that chain with those timestamps that are making this logically impossible to break. That's what had trouble wrapping my whole mind about that. Yes, thank you. Well, Judy, thank you so much for giving us a beginner's course in what we're talking about when we talk about Bitcoin. And I did want to tell our listeners, you are giving a talk Saturday, February the 22nd from 11 until noon at the Port Wyneme Historical Society Museum. So could you tell us a little bit about that? I talk about how to protect your privacy. So it's just basic things on how, what we need to do to uh, take care of ourselves and protect what we have. It's Saturday, February 22nd from 11 to noon, and it's the, at the Port Wyneme Historical Society Museum, which the address is 220 Market Street, Port Wyneme. Patty, I do have some good news today. Oh, great, so, Judy. <laughs> this is about a leader of an international criminal network who stole millions of dollars from two American businesses. And he did that while pretending to be a legitimate vendor. He is now in prison. He had employees who called the victim companies and, and they called the customer service number numbers to get as much information as they could about the companies. And when they called, they asked for details. One of the fraudsters just called the company and pretended to be a vendor. And the caller told the company to change their bank account information because an upcoming payment was um, going to be uh, due. Two companies ended up believing that they owed the money, wired several payments to a fraudulent account. It added up to more than $120 million. So fortunately, the FBI worked closely with some other partner agencies around the world. They were able to investigate this guy, bring him to the United States for prosecution. He pled guilty to wire fraud charges. He was sentenced to five years in prison. So occasionally we find these folks. Well, thank you for digging up, and I'm sure you have to work to find it, but I really appreciate you sharing good news every week, Vicki. Really appreciate it. Okay, well, until next week, Vicki, I look forward to talking again. Thank you, Patty. Bye-bye. Bye.